Hey, friends. Hi. Hello. Hi. It's my favorite peoples. It's all my favorites. So we just wrapped up arc one of Kids on Bikes. How's everybody feeling? Powerful. Somewhat confused because I Holy can't remember banana. anything that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all a little hazy for me. So much. Well, I remember some things that happened, but I feel like there's something big that I'm just forgetting. Oh, no, final exams. <laughs> oh, no, that's it. <laughs> I think given the timeline, wouldn't it be more like midterms? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, it depends. Are we taking some single semester classes? Maybe. How many high schools actually have those? Our well, mine did. Maybe. I've had a lot. Yeah. Yeah, mine definitely did. I mean, they were all but, electives, yeah. but... Yeah. That explains why I don't know any. <laughs> I remember health and keyboarding were each half a semester, and so mm-hmm. was economics. Psychology. Uh, middle school, even, oh, half a, half a semester or half a year? Half a year. I was going to say, our middle school had half semester exploratory language courses. That's weird. Yeah, so yeah, I my definitely... middle school had a whole bunch of quarter length classes. I don't think, yeah. no, actually, I really don't think my school had any quarter length has- classes. They had half year classes, but no quarter length so that's the reason i am the way i am how about you (laughs) oh that's a different can of worms that's not this podcast at any rate midterms (laughs) Midterms. (laughs) i remember everything except for what they were teaching me about charlemagne in the first episode he's bones oh okay good thanks for catching me up yeah we won i took notes (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah so we we wrapped up the first arc, and then also have released our Christmas special or holiday special. And um, we're a bunch of white New England kids. It was Christmas. Christmas. I'm sorry for everybody else. I mean, but also that's... Santa was there. It was totally Christmas. That's right. Santa yeah, we, we, Santa we're not holiday there. inclusive. Maybe it, next season we can be. Yeah, it, I would love to. Be, it wasn't but... meant to be exclusive of anybody, but the the character set and area set and year pushed us in a certain direction. How are all of y'all feeling about, let's just start off, I guess, with just the podcast in general. Pretty good. I, I mean, I, I haven't I enjoy yet, podcasts. So. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I effusively tell you all this every day, but <laughs> I love all of you. And this is my favorite project. If you ever leave, I'll die. Oh, well. I won't. No, I mean, no fine. pressure. I'll, I'll save. Tell us that every day except for the part about her dying. I'll save my announcement for the end then. <laughs> no, uh, uh, no uh daniel can attest to this i get very attached to the projects that i work on because i'm passionate about what i do and this is extra yep. special because all of you are wonderful and i love you all so Aww. i feel the same way about all of you i guess I y'all are okay you. david i, I hate one know. of you you guys can figure out who i know James. Yeah, it's obvious. It's obvious. The ones you actually love the most. It's obvious by all those projects that we do together. Yeah, they're hate projects. They are their hate projects. I don't know. Great uncles, maybe, said you only need all the ones you love. So That's true. That was his carte blanche to make fun of everybody in the family. You only eat the ones you love? very much a great uncle thing to say. (laughs) If I don't make fun of you, I don't care about you. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> this is the way it goes. 
So you guys mentioned projects that you do together. I realize I don't think we've really talked a whole lot on the podcast about the other podcasts that we're all involved in. So I would love to take a moment and uh, let everybody kind of plug the other stuff that they're uh, involved with. So let's start off with the Hannahs. Yeah. So if people don't realize this, David and I are married. (laughs) They're Uh, literally in the same room right now. Yeah, uh, we don't really act like it too much in our podcast, but we are. So we have a handful of podcasts together. Handful. Uh, they're handful. Thank you. Yep. A uh, stableful. A stableful. That makes me Mini so face. embarrassed every time it's said. Half face. And you came up with it. I did not. James did. Uh, that was James up, is James. the one who said it the that, first time. That tracks. Yeah. yeah, that's a James. Yeah, that's, James that's fault. That very out. much a Jamesism. <laughs> uh, so we have Macintosh and Mod, which is where we talk about My Little Pony with a lot of swear words. Uh, we have Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What, which is where we talk about movies that we haven't seen. And then we have The Dog House, which is where we talk about Riverdale because we just can't not. We can't help ourselves. It's really good this season. It is. Did you guys start a Chilling Tales of Sabrina one or was that? That was Patreon. Oh, we have our first dead. episode available to everybody in our doghouse feed, and then the in rest the are feed. coming on Patreon starting. They're coming out on Tuesdays on our Patreon only. So for $2 a month, you can get our exclusive Chilling Adventures of Sabrina coverage. And That's patreon.com slash <laughs> Macintosh and Mod. James and Aaron, y'all have a podcast you do together. Yes. We do. Would you like to tell everybody about it, James? Oh, me? Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't see yeah, you come you in there. Um, the, the butterfly of the group. <laughs> oh, hi. I didn't see you come in. More face. face is happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do, a, we do a show called Unabashedly Obsessed. Um, we've done it for uh, like two and a half years at this point. And um, we did it because Aaron was super into zombies and I needed to figure out a way to monetize it. <laughs> is that why we did it? I thought we did it because we were bent on world domination and figured starting a podcast would be the fastest way to get there. Aaron, shut up. <laughs> we put that down. We tell everybody that. No, we that's true. We just want to make sure that we have our story straight. No, this that's elevator true. pitch is going super well. Oh, you have no this idea how exactly bad our elevator how pitch is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Let's hear that elevator pitch right now. Since I mean, the dawn of did. time... There has been one name in podcasting, Anderson. The Anderson family has been long known for... <laughs> Did somebody fart in here? <laughs> um, yeah, so we basically just talk about things that we're into, and it's usually time travel or Stephen King or whatever. Zombies. Yeah. Anna hey, Kendrick. I have a question. Am I included in that the Anderson family, Yeah. even though I'm no longer an Anderson family? Yeah. yeah. James and I are not related. No. But but they we, are not we, in the same. We room did right until now. I got married. We did share a last name. Yeah, Aww. that's why I hung out with Aww. her. It was easy for it, paperwork. The alphabet put y'all together. <laughs> he, he sat no, behind me in basically every class in high school, so it was very easy. <laughs> no, yeah, we Amazing. we befriended each other in homeroom. So like the alphabet literally did. Yeah, put you together. Yep. Yeah. All that. Yeah, I know way too much about a boy whose birthday is the same as mine, and his last name starts with the same letter. Because I thought you were talking about we me. Together class. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I, I thought don't you were have the same James birthday too, James. and I was like, "Wait, what? You guys share a birthday? How did I not know that?" Yeah. <laughs> so that's our show. <laughs> nice, James. Uh, you have other shows that you're on. Yeah. Is that uh, correct? Yes. 
Okay, moving on. <laughs> no, cool. no, uh, yeah, Great. so yeah, I have... Um, You're the worst. I, yeah, I am the worst. I have a show that's uh, currently on hiatus uh, called Blink and You'll Miss It, uh, where over the course between uh, April and, and October, early October, I uh, went through each of the songs done by Blink-182, Boxcar Racer, and Plus 44 uh, alphabetically, um, and each episode was a song... And uh, each episode was no more than five minutes long. And that's how I met uh, Diana and David. And um, yeah, so it was fun and it was short and it really uh, made me have any editing skills at all. Because yikes. Um, (laughs) Because the other thing, another show I do is a countdown show that was sort of my first podcast that um, a podcast I contributed to went on sort of unexpected hiatus and i was like hey i could probably make a podcast on my own and that was in 2010 um when i started uh, a countdown show where i count down the uh top 10 songs on billboard's alternative songs chart um and i've been doing that for a while um and yeah i don't really talk about it very much since it's not entirely probably legal but um it is something that i've done for like like eight years so eight and a half years so that's where i come in and uh and and then also uh david and i are starting a podcast uh that we've done some introductory work on called track meet um and that is basically where we you're tracking how quick different types of meat spoil in the sun oh no no no. clearly that's clearly absolutely i don't i believe you could uh is there another elevator we can elevator pitch this podcast in two oh, words. We, we Song ri- fight. Well, yeah, we rip off historical hotties and use music to do it. Yep. <laughs> I am so okay. happy about it because this has, I've offboarded a spousal duty to James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of discussing David. music and arguing about it. David and I are married music. now. So. Perfect. Okay, that's fine. And then Diana and I are also going to do a podcast, and this is the first official time we've we've talked about it in in terms of not on Facebook uh, message. So now we have to do it. Yes, and it's We're it's going to be a bare naked ladies podcast called Some Fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I already that's started awesome. our artwork because that's the most important thing to me and James. Cool. <laughs> so. And did the yeah. amazing artwork for track meet as well. Definitely, I'm very, definitely. very pleased with how that I, came out. I volunteer. Call yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, we. There. Yes. We we have a, a ridiculously. I think you could even call it maybe even extra amount of like scheduling stuff to do. So you're all anyone who's interested is going to have an opportunity to. Yes. Y- Same goes for My Little Pony. All of y'all are going to be in season five. Yay! Yay. It's just it's going to happen. Hooray! If you want. I'm not going to force anybody to watch My Little Pony and talk to me about it. But yeah, you My are. Little Pony is I'm amazing, so why wouldn't you? Fair. So those are my podcasts. Great. All right. Uh, Aaron. Yes. What other projects are you involved with? Oh, my with? goodness. Um, okay, so my newest one is called FMK All Day. Yay. Where each week, Elizabeth from Your Favorite's Problematic and I Sit down for 15 minutes or less and play Fuck, Mary Kill. It is, so far, including our intro episode, we have, at the time of this recording, three episodes released. The one coming out on Monday, which is our official third episode, uh, is... Ah, 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 ah. Okay. I'm just Sorry. saying it's Buck Wild. Sorry. 
I've told you that I'm like so a gajillion times. You I know, but I thought you were going to spoil it here on the on the show. No, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. Jeez, you... I mean, to be fair, by the time this comes out, uh, episode three will have done been out. Yes, but James is acting like I don't know about his weird spoiler phobia. I thought that, okay. You know, I know better than that. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> is it that you be- want to guess what Aaron's responses will be? No, I don't like to know. I don't want to know anything about it at all until I hit play. He doesn't want to know anything about anything ever. That's that's why he doesn't listen to our episodes uh, when I send them out. Moving on. What else were you involved in, Aaron? Um, I also, I don't know if we have any listeners out there who play Zombies Run, but if you do, I co-host a fan podcast that posts kind of sporadically. Um, We've got one of our, we're kind of scattered all over the world, and one of our hosts is getting her PhD right now. And so we haven't been as regular about updating, but that is called Podcast Detected. And we have a lot of fun over there. If you don't play Zombies Run, then it will literally mean nothing to you. But, but you if still you listen. do play Zombies Run, come come join us over at Podcast Detected. It's a lot of fun. It's a really it's a really great little fan community that that game has. So that is fun for me to contribute to and then i also am playing deirdre in 1994 which my first episode should be the next one out i have no idea when it's coming out we've kind of gotten off schedule with releases for that a little bit but it should be coming out soon so come listen to me basically do the same voice i do for cat but like (laughs) totally different character (laughs) <laughs> Deirdre's like got her awesome. shit together and stuff so <laughs> what what is 1994 about it is like a road trip buddy comedy set in 1994 it's about a group of high school kids who are doing a cross state trip to deliver a bag of drugs to right. the one dude's I guess de- dealer's or something I don't know. I can't remember. That was that was chapter one, and it was a long time ago. But yeah, it's it's a it has a very it's always had a very Kevin Smithy vibe for me. Um, kind of like a uh, the they're all very well spoken and sort of have fun dialogue and stuff. Yeah, it's nice. it's a it's a it's a fun show to be a part of, and the the cast is just really incredible. And our director is also the writer, and he put together a really good script and story, and he's doing a great job with all of the production stuff. So yeah, James, is that all of my podcasts? Well, you were uh, a robot who liked baseball, or who was at baseball, <laughs> and like cheese. No, no, I wasn't. But I I I I, I was a cheese robot and a baseball spectator in a single episode of greater boston but they they were like big crowd scenes yeah so you can't hear my voice individually at all so i wasn't going to mention that oh (laughs) well here we are i've got some other projects coming up too but they haven't released yet so and i don't know when they're going to release so i'll talk about those when they do awesome and uh kate how about you well daniel and i used to well we do did plan to do more of a little podcast called Subverted Tropes, where one of us, usually Daniel, researches a movie and tells me about it, and then we watch it and then uh, talk more about it. We've had some wonderful guests, including David Hanna, the Nelson sisters, uh, Colin uh, Pod Pod Boss Baby Parker, <laughs> uh, 
And we are taking a break right now because life put me in New York instead of in North Carolina, which makes logistics really hard. And then other than that, I have a thousand ideas and not a lot of organizational skills behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, I'm just a guest extraordinaire. If you have a thing and you want me to show up, I will. And I will talk as though I know what I'm talking about for as long as you need. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, all I've got as well is the subverted tropes. I also had uh, uh, the first podcast I ever did is called Fact Checkers Trivia. And it was a trivia game show that I put on uh, three episodes. uh, (laughs) And I don't think they're available online anywhere anymore. Uh, So that's great. Patreon bonus content. They were good. Yes. They were fun. Uh, they, they were fun. Uh, and yes, Patreon bonus content if I can get my old laptop where they're stored up and running. But yeah, I've similarly guested on a whole bunch of shows. I've got a couple of potential shows in the works, but they're very kind of ethereal right now. There's the preliminary, I think is probably the better word. I don't know. I no, tell like us it. about but, the yeah. ethereal podcast. I want to know yes. more about that. So the ethereal podcast is uh, the it's. Just a plain podcast. Called, yep, it's just a just a podcast. You can hear it if you are in the ethereal plane. I get oh. your joke now, James, and I'm mad at you. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. You can only but also I very much love you. You can only hear it if you're in a graveyard at twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah. And the wind Actually, is have... the wind is coming in from the northeast at just the right amount. I also had a plan for uh, Vinester Peace Theater, where my brother-in-law, who is also a vine appreciator, uh, he and I would go through different vines. But that's now being done uh, by some of our friends down under on a podcast called Do It For The Vine, which if you enjoy vines, go listen to their show. It's very fun. It's absolutely hysterical. Leon's doing uh, it. Leon, yeah, yes. Leon yeah. of uh, Leon Gazay. Mary Sue's favorite NPC. It's Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, James. So Kevin, uh, for listeners, my husband has started listening to Kids on Bikes. And the other day he said something about James's character, Mary Sue, and then corrected himself. Good. He was like, no, it's Mary. Good. I was very proud of him. Correct. That's amazing. I love it. And I'm going to not take it. it personally at all that he's listening to this show. And not ours, but it's fine. What's up, Kevin? Hi, Kevin. Wait, does he not listen to Unabashedly Obsessed? No, he gets enough of us in uh, real time. That's yeah. true. Uh, that's a very he good point. He doesn't, he doesn't need to listen to us have conversations about the stuff we force him to, to listen to us have conversations about. <laughs> one, of our, okay. one of our really good friends who moved away, and he was one of my favorite people to argue with. He said that he li- he listens to our podcast just because he doesn't get to talk to us and argue very much. Aww. <laughs> did you tell him yes, he does? Yes. Good. I did. I, my parents usually listen to my work, but they haven't listened to Kids on Bikes. They were asking me tonight. They were like, what are you recording tonight? Kids on drugs? Yes. <laughs> That's Aaron's <laughs> show. <laughs> I hope you said yes. Uh. <laughs> I Welcome really to Kids on Drugs. Yes. I didn't say no. <laughs> and if we Hi, everyone. Right in the second arc, I'm sure we can make that happen. Ha! Yeah, the second arc is going to be very interesting. 
because of the drugs. I'm so excited for y'all to experience it. Drugs because of all the won't LSD be involved. Listen, Mary doesn't so get into say. drugs until college, and boy, does she get into drugs at college if she survives. <laughs> yeah, I, if she survives to college to get into drugs, I think she's going to get so into them that she doesn't survive. College. She's going to be the and best she at has drugs. A lot of are we going to do kids on bikes at college years like Saved by the Bell? <laughs> Where we all inexplicably live in the same gigantic dorm room apartment. Yeah, sure. And Officer yeah. Ross is there the for whatever building. reason. Like, yeah. Yeah. Officer <laughs> Ross is our, like, dorm dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the campus security guard. That's what he did to retire. Yeah, Leon really is the dorm that. dad. And... No. <laughs> and Tim is the dorm cat. Aww. Yes! I'm okay with that part. I don't know about Side- Leon as the dorm dad. I love... I love Leon, our friend. I don't think I want that character to join us at college. No. Colin, the librarian, will. However, it would give some good reason for why Mary gets so into drugs. Yeah. It's a coping strategy. Yes. Yes. What's Mary's side quest? David, you were saying? Side quest, Mary Sue escapes the Manson cult. Mm, It's Mary. (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. 60... Oh boy, hold on. Taking some quick notes. 68, 69? 69, right? Yeah. Nice. No, oh, right. Mary Sue's just the right amount of disillusion to maybe be able to fall into a cult somewhere. She could be. Yeah. I, I don't if anyone's think... going to join a cult, it's going to be Cat. This, is, this of course, brings me to my first it. question. Which exactly. cult? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that Mary Sue would, would really fall into It's Mary. I just am an idiot um that <laughs> i don't know that she would really be great in a cult because i don't think she'd love the uh lack of authority that she'd have i feel like she'd really rail no, i feel like she'd climb the ranks cult. very quickly oh man that's right dang you're right no yeah she'd be like a lieutenant in no time that's messed up yep. well okay we got some paths we got some timelines for mary's mary's character but yep. we we know we know Cat would wind up in Heaven's Gate because they all get sweet swag- track suits and sneakers. That's true. I don't know what yeah. that means, but cool. But they all like Star Trek. <laughs> oh. That's the drink the Kool-Aid cult. Yeah. No, nope. that's the that's that the we're going to be taken away by Hailbop the Comet because it's a spaceship cult. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, of course. I mixed those up. Oh, goodness. Such I wrote a term paper about cults once, guys. <laughs> fascinating i can't i i'm fascinated by scientology there was a whole heaven's gate podcast that was amazing yes yeah i know uh so (laughs) on the topic of cults Mm -hmm. let's change topics let's talk about our fans (laughs) no we're in one it's called podcasting (laughs) yes definitely no, this is oh, this is man. a communal living space. It's not really a cult. How often do we talk about a pod compound? We're in a cult. It's a benevolent cult, but a cult nonetheless. No, that's just, just a, that's just be a beneficial one. living arrangement. I don't think it's officially a cult until we get that compound. True. No, it's True. not but officially a cult plans. until we get the compound and start telling other people to come live with us because of how great it is. And then start. No, I don't want to invite anybody else to live with us. Exactly, so we're not going to turn into a that's, cult. That's it's fine. Fair. Yeah, it's fair. So that's the answer to your first not question. Not a cult. Oh, unless we're hiring interns, because they have to live in their own place. Yes. To, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Do y'all have any questions 
for me. I've got some questions for you guys, but I'm going to like wait until the end of your questions to ask my questions. What, I have a what's question. the next arc about? The next arc is, oh man. It's about Swampscape 1966. It, it was yeah. heavily suggested in our non-denominational holiday special that it was going to involve the Strangler. So, uh, or not. I teased four different arcs that you're going to have in the future in the holiday special. Okay, that's fair. So I will say the Strangler is not going to be the next one. Oh, good. I have time to study. (laughs) (laughs) When Um, I was also a podcast for that. Yes, I know. (laughs) When did you decide that it was going to be like a uh, when did like Eve and Alice and uh, Vice Principal Denominator Come, like was that always the plan that it was going to be like a rescue mission sort of situation yes so uh vpd i so i kind of in my head knew that there was going to be like a rescue mission you guys were going to be going and like the arc would culminate in the fight at the coven compound and that there would be quote-unquote good witches to fight alongside you uh from the first episode i decided that they'd be led by vpd right <laughs> well, cool uh and then as uh, Alice and Eve and other Patreon subscribers and Twitter fans started reaching out, I decided that I would put them in uh, those shoes. So Cool. What's in Officer Ross's basement? <laughs> that is a very good question. I'm sorry. Uh, May I rephrase? Who is held captive in Officer Ross's basement? <laughs> Officer Ross's Nobody soul. is held captive in Officer Ross's basement. That's what you say. I don't think I believe yeah. it. Why would I lie about Why would it? you lie about that? he's just DIYing the basement. Why would you? He doesn't lie to us normally. He just I sort of... don't lie. He misdirects. I massage that truth. Gross. Hot. Deep tissue. That sounds so gross. <laughs> Deep I rescind my question. Moving on. I can't oh. choose a joke. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited that you are so intrigued by the basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you would just let me go down there and see that it's just a boring woodworking shop or whatever, then I would not be. Mm-hmm. But you faded to black before I could see what was down there. And so Kat has a new mission for pretty much all of the arcs <laughs> until you get me into the basement. So, Which means Dan has uh, a new mission to trap Kat in a weird in the basement. basement. Oh my God, is Kat who Officer to- Ross has trapped in the basement? But that doesn't make any sense. Keep... What? <laughs> Multiverse. So what I need to do is oh. keep giving Cat like just like keep getting her like one step further down the into the basement mm-hmm. at a time, and then all of a sudden, like she's not there anymore. <laughs> just like keep teasing it one step at a time. Cat keeps having dreams about making it into Officer Ross's basement. <laughs> And finally finding out what's down there, and you keep waking her up. Like, the alarm goes off every single time. At week in and week out, we just sit here and have Dan narrate Cat's dreams. The rest of us do nothing. just her walking one step further down in the process. 
it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, sorry, listeners. <laughs> You're what not. Was, what was the biggest, um, like, left turn or whatever, the biggest side quest, like, surprise that, that we, we gave you, if any? Randall. Um, <laughs> Randall. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, see, I purposely didn't ask that question because, like, well, it's that. It has to yeah. be. Yeah, R- R- Randall saying, take me instead. Yep. And making too good a pitch to, to pass up. Like, I was not at all prepared for that. And, yeah, I had to do a, a complete plan shift. And I am anticipating that with a few different potential arcs that I've got written that I'm prepared for you guys to all just... so bungle my plans so we've made it so you which, have to make more contingency plans yes <laughs> yes, yes. Doing our job then. the <laughs> funniest thing the funniest thing about that for me playing randall was it in no way was that ever planned by me what it came down to was and this is kind of just how i play the game i tend to hold back on rolling if i know it's not my core strength so a lot of the situations in that moment required a flight rule, and I suck at flight rules because you lumber <laughs> for for those purposes, and I didn't want to fail. So we got to the point where Ellis was overpowering, and all I could think of is this is what Randall would do in this moment. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't yeah. fight. He wouldn't run. He would he would just try to sacrifice. Every single time it was time to fight. I would remember that my fight was a D4 uh, as I went to get the dice to fight. So I wish... (laughs) You decided to charm your way out of it? Yeah. Try. (laughs) Try to. I punch him in the face, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) And it was awesome. I punch him in the face with my charm. I punch him in the face and he liked it. I charmed the face off of That's him. That's basically what you're getting at, James. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so did I stutter? Oh boy. <laughs> I have no other questions. I just really want to know what's in that basement. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say this. I'll give you this much information. You will eventually find out what's in the basement. Yes. I mean, I know I will. If only by <laughs> sheer force of will. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's Santa's workshop. That's what's in the basement. Oh my god, that would be so good. Officer, if Ross, Officer is Santa Ross Claus. Was Santa? No, he's an elf. <laughs> is he? Oh. I feel like he might be Santa. The hey, door to his basement. Hey, Dan, is when Cat like saw Santa, how much did he look like portal. Officer Ross? <laughs> um. Or is that a question for Colin, who threw that one in without uh, <laughs> without you knowing that was going to happen? 2%. <laughs> so like, 2% looked like Officer Ross. Which 2%? Ross Ben Allen at the beginning of the Santa Claus. Right. Uh, what did you say, Aaron? I said, does Officer Ross have a beard? Uh, no, he does not. Oh, does he have a Tom Selleck mustache? <clears throat> he does not have a Tom Selleck mustache either. He is really? Colleen Shaven. No. It is 1965. That makes Still. sense. Still, it's dragnet guys all the like, way. If you were to guess what a lizard person's skin suit would look, oh <laughs> shit, no, damn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought I had something yep. there. Yes, Sorry. And- <laughs> <laughs> damn it. I have like no questions prepared for this so, at all. So, so like, really, it is it is Officer Ross is Santa Claus in a Santa Claus 
Santa-esque situation in that he murdered Santa Claus in cold blood and then got stuck with the job. I mean, that's possible. Did he push Santa down the basement stairs? Is that what's in the basement? Yes. Is dead Santa? <laughs> dead Santa? <laughs> Next year's and holiday special is going to be buck wild, y'all. <laughs> microwave dinner. <laughs> Dude, all like this holiday made me so sad. Cat did not give two shits about Officer Ross's <laughs> lame, depressing holiday, but Aaron was very upset by it. Like that's that is still stuck with me, and I'm kind of mad at you for making me feel so many feelings <laughs> about Officer Ross, who I don't How dare want you make to me like. feel feels. I mean, I'm also- I realize that like he came off as a little bit of a a little bit of a cuss hole. Yeah, but yeah. and. Just a little. I I love a good conflicting character relationship. So Me too. I'm so confused like, by his girlfriend really? in we Chicago. We had no idea. His girlfriend in Chicago was a complete surprise to me as well. <laughs> like, how, Honestly, that was the most humanizing part for me. It was. So. <laughs> I just have so many questions about it. Like, this was before the internet, so I assume she does... <laughs> The internet is in his basement. He's invented The <laughs> internet is in his basement. She's a flight attendant, and he had to go to Chicago once for police training, uh-huh. and she was on his flight both ways. Yeah, she was. And Maybe they boned in the bathroom. Maybe he's super charming with the ladies, but not children who are nope. being Well, nope. that part doesn't confuse me. I'm sure Officer Ross is, you know, not a cusshole all the time to everyone. But, like, why is That's she in Chicago? Is he going to have to move to Chicago or is she going to move to Boston? Like, I want to know the logistics of this long-distance relationship, Daniel. This okay, is the backstory that I'm here for. those up and send them to you. <laughs> it's, right. each other it's a lot letters. of handwritten letters. Yeah. Yeah. They they write each other a whole bunch of letters. Um, they draw each other pictures. And erotica. Is My it, dearest Deborah. Drawing each other pictures, 19, like, 1965, like sexting. Yes. Like dick pics. Yeah, yes. 100%. Uh-huh. Ross and then just in draws the 1980s. a bunch of dicks and mails them to his fiance. And close, please <laughs> find yeah. one picture. One naked one, glamour uh, shot. Yeah. Look, uh, I'm going to send you this picture, but... <laughs> burn it after a few seconds it's like snapchat <laughs> you'll know what that means in a couple of years yeah but uh anyway here's my dick <laughs> i know you didn't ask for it but uh nobody ever but does i don't you care anyway <laughs> so then i've got some questions for you guys looking at it what new fears do you think your character developed over the course of this arc ghosts cat didn't know she was afraid of ghosts so she saw that ghost that tried to like eat the whole room she'd never uh, seen fair. a ghost before and the christmas ghosts aren't scary right. no i mean they They're look spirits. like harry grant and a little girl and a black and white movie star they're not yeah. scary but yeah that big mouth ghost Cat Cat wants to nope right out of ever encountering that guy again, so we will inevitably encounter him a lot. <laughs> Some regular character. Yep. Good, good. Randall's, Randall's main fear was the fear of death, mm-hmm. and that's been extended now over to Hollow. Okay. Aww. 
that for the longest time it was it was just about him and especially intensified with the with the loss of his mom that was what triggered mm-hmm. that but now it's pushed over onto hollow he does not want to see anything bad happen to her period okay uh so garrett was already afraid of the occult uh but his his personality also has like a very like there are good and evil on every side so if anything his sense of like good and evil vis-a-vis the occult has intensified so like he knows that there's good because he's still super hanging out with vpd and family but the notion that hollow could potentially turn bad is not okay (laughs) i have a question for you daniel that i know i said i only had questions about officer ross but if i can ask a non-officer ross question is everyone okay with that (laughs) no no oh Uh, yeah does the word basement show up in your question at all Make it, make it do, make it do. Is it to include the word? Aaron, basement? make it do. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> Basemently, I need to know no. if. <laughs> so my question is, half of us forgot what happened in that final battle. Yes. Have we been going to which club? Uh, or have no. only so the two of us? I can't remember who remembers. Is it Garrett and Meg? It's Meg and Garrett. Meg and Garrett. So have Meg and Garrett been going to which club? Yeah. And you guys no. haven't like clued the rest of us into the fact that which club is happening? And hey, there was this thing that you guys all forgot, but it super happened. I'm willing to bet that we tried to explain it, and. I'm willing to bet that Kat either didn't accept it or forgot immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kat... I, Meg I, I'm definitely did try too hard Randall to convince and, Mary Sue. I'm thinking more about <laughs> Randall and Mary, the ones who, you know, Okay, so if Garrett was tr- charged with trying to explain it to Mary, it didn't happen. And I'm willing to also say that Randall would not listen to Garrett because he doesn't like me. <laughs> nope. Uh, I will say this, that uh, VPD never actually showed up to take you guys to Witch Club. Okay. Why not? And I've just been showing up at her house. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And she's like, what are you doing here? You had to stand you on her porch me. for three days and she told you to go away. But then maybe, on the third day, she Garrett let you Maybe Garrett has been, been sharing all of his information about the occult with Meg. And that is Witch Club. Did VPD also forget about Witch Club? Is this all going to be stuff that we get into in the second arc and you would like me to yeah, shut up Yeah, because also Adam yes. yeah, and Eve we're have were to in on it. All, all of the adults, <laughs> like all of your parents have forgotten like the dinner party fiasco and all of the absurdity that happened throughout the whole arc. Do the cops remember any of it? Uh, they don't. Does Officer Ross remember that he's met us and doesn't like us? I guess we'll find out. Is he going to put Ed, one of us Ed in his basement? Remember. Nailed it! <laughs> so so wait, does Ed have like a concrete understanding of why there's a small girl living in his house now? Yes. Okay. Ed does remember everything. Cool. Okay, so has the library been put back the way it was supposed to be? Remember how Kat's mom got Ellis and she took away all of the witch books? Probably not. Okay. Shit. But we can get more into that when the uh, in the actual arc. Is that what's in the basement? Is it all the witch books? The books. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like to read. 
take a bubble. I've gotten very into the occult lately. Or if I just made Daniel cry. Both? He's dead. (laughs) You killed Daniel. Anyway. (laughs) Mary, please! Mary, please! (laughs) Oh, hi, Garrett. So yeah, any other fears that y'all have picked up? Oh yeah, sorry, I totally just No, it's fine, you had a question that came up, don't worry about that. I feel like Meg has now developed an irrational fear of being kidnapped. I feel like that's pretty Uh, irrational. Yeah, I don't think that's super Um, irrational. Meg is very difficult, (laughs) so who would want to kidnap her? (laughs) I mean... Officer the town apparently the fears her, so <laughs> <laughs> why would they kidnap the difficult one? Garrett thinks she's cool. Aww. Aww, thanks, Garrett. That's a relationship I'd like to see explored more. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Kate and I did that yesterday on Twitter for everybody to see. And it was great. <laughs> Indeed, it was. I would like to I'm, see Megan really Garrett interact more. Megan Garrett. What? Okay. I would like to see Megan Garrett interact more. You just you just want Meg I, to break up with Walter so you can have him. I you just I, want Garrett to stop trying to flirt with you. There's so many good reasons for this to happen. <laughs> I, did they talk to each other like at all in the first arc? We'll get to it later. <laughs> When she was trying to steal that We map. open on the second arc. Garrett rolls over and says good morning to Meg. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. See, I keep thinking that there's some arc in which Meg hooks up with <laughs> Dylan Jackson. Meg has a boyfriend. <laughs> I said future arcs. So it's not uh, that oh, serious. So is you, don't see a, you don't see a future. Oh, I like this. Now well, we tell me more. We didn't establish <laughs> what kind of relationship they have. They might be swingers. Like old fashioned 60s. I mean, yeah, they might have an open thing. <laughs> what? what? Latchkey party. <laughs> That's I seem to that... recall Meg telling Officer Ross that parties. it was fairly new. And they were still kind of testing the waters of this relationship. Like, they'd only been on, like, one date. So, there's plenty of time for Meg to change her mind and go hook up with quarterback Dylan Jackson. Meg Meg is a strong, big big whore. There is, I mean, there's also that. That's a choice. (laughs) I think we broke Daniel, We broke Daniel. We broke him. Yep, I'm sorry. Did we break you, Dan? Lat- latchkey yes, parties just, just got just hit me the right it's way. It's very good. In, in Meg's future, she turns into a madam. Oh, boy. At the Ocean House. Ooh. That's, that's where oh I Oh my died. god, I want the Ocean House to be a brothel now. I know. It could I mean, have been. It could be a ghost brothel. A ghost Get brothel. it wet at the Ocean House. Why do you think that guy's ghost mouth opened brothel? up so large? Ew. There you go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, before I say something no. too gross. Remember that oh, children man, listen to this podcast, guys. Oh, God, you're right. I feel. <laughs> we'll just have to warn I feel those people. so bad. No, you don't. No, you can edit around this, or we can just give Jen a warning. <laughs> it's true. She, yep. She's not going <laughs> to. 
heed it. We don't it. even need to give <laughs> Jenna warning. She knows what she knows what she's letting her kids listen to. <laughs> she fair. knows us, guys. She sent me flowers. Oh, that's, so sweet. that's really sweet. I didn't cry at all. I don't think that's true. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Were there any fears that you think your character had that they confronted during this arc? Uh, yeah, Randall confronted that uh, fear of death really, really big time. Yeah, he leaned into that. A little bit. Uh, do you think that he did it enough to uh, get over fear of death for himself? But now the fear of death of Hollow has taken its place? Or do you think now he's concerned about, like, if he dies, how that is going to affect Hollow? I have no idea. I think it's complicated. I think I think he's I think he's now the normal amount of being afraid of dying than anybody else. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Like I, nobody I have wants a, to a die. Question. But it's not like a driving uh, force for him. Sorry, okay. go ahead. No, 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 no. It's I mean it's for you anyway. Does Randall worry as much about Kat as Kat seems to worry oh. about Randall? Because if anything, it seems like she's more concerned about him and his whereabouts than he probably should be about her and her whereabouts. Yeah, he's not that worried about Kat. Why? (laughs) I feel like he should be. He's known Kat for so long that I, I think the thing for him with Kat is that as much of a lost puppy as she is, She's also super outgoing and friendly, and people have always helped her. And Randall just sees Hollow as... Uh, you know what? It, scratch all that. Yeah, it was I think like, the bigger Kat's thing outgoing is... and friendly? <laughs> Not on purpose, but kind of, yeah. Comparatively. <laughs> well, I'm just remembering the time that Daniel tried to give her a new friend and she was just like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to me? Go away. <laughs> and then she let the girl get eaten by witches. So. <laughs> no. Uh, the issue with Kat is really she left and the bond they had kind of oh, was strained and dissipated. Yeah. So yeah, because it was her idea for her family to move. I mean, that's Good call. Well, no, that's fair though. I mean, we grew up together. We were really close, and then suddenly we weren't. Like we were living on like opposite ends of the country, and at that age, and especially without internet or anything for them to keep in touch, I'm not surprised that the bond kind of just naturally dissipated. Like, I mean, they're. I think they're still close, and I think Kat was really excited when Randall moved to Massachusetts. But yeah, I okay. think that the. I, I mean, not to put words in your mouth, David, but I think that the childhood bond that they had has changed significantly because of that. The other thing you have to remember is he got there that summer. This is the fall. He's literally been in town for three months with her. So they're still figuring out what that new relationship looks like. Yeah. And this That's bond right. with Hollow was way more immediate and way more yeah intense as it as it popped up yeah like all of a sudden now he's got a little sister i think that's fair anyone else mary it was really interesting um the like (laughs) like five minutes between after we defeated everyone and like got recruited for witch club and all that stuff 
and then we forgot um, the arc path that I sort of had lined up for Mary, um, like shifted and then like shifted drastically like another way because like she was going to be really empowered by this fight and like sort of succeeding at you know at sort of standing up for herself and sort of striking a a blow against you know oppression and stuff um but like forgetting all of that um really tempered that a lot and i'm not really sure um really what i'm what i'm planning on like i it's hard because i don't think she gained any new fears she still doesn't like to be alone that's not changed nothing has really changed you know nothing has changed that she didn't really gain any new fears i like to think that she um grew stronger but it was really that was really diluted by her forgetting the climactic battle so i'm really kind of um sort of uh in the weeds a little bit about where where she's gonna start off uh the second arc so i'm kind of interested to see what happens there yeah i'm i'm very interested in that as well like i would would love to like ask everybody what their care like what their plan for their character's arc is but i don't (laughs) want to know uh because i don't want to like write something that's going to either enable or or push that away uh intentionally i'd rather just let it all kind of happen organically i mean i've never played randall with forethought to how it's going to wind up in the end well that's obvious no i'm kidding (laughs) well that i mean but there's a there's a difference between forethought about how it's going to wind up and knowing what you're coming in like i feel like randall and everyone really has a like a, I don't want to say motivation, but I can't think of any other word that that really describes it. Like sort of a, almost like a mantra um, of how to play the character and, and what decisions. Because you can't you can't just come in and be like, I don't know, whatever is thrown at me, I'll figure it out. Like you have to come in with some sort of idea about how Randall would would handle a situation versus how Mary would handle a situation and where the overlaps on that are. Um, See. I- and honestly, though, I rely on intuition for that. I I have never, as soon as the game starts, I just kind of feel it out and think, okay, what what kind of decision is Randall going to make in this moment? But do you feel um, like that leads to a consistent character? Weirdly, it has. So that means <laughs> I don't that you're learning from that past actions, and so you aren't just dealing with intuition. You're you're building a character as you go along. Right. I, I guess the problem is is that it's not conscious and it's not tracked. It doesn't like, have to I be conscious. I, I'm just saying you're you're doing it regardless of whether you're trying to do it. You're not just every episode doesn't start with you being like, Okay, blank page, who knows what Randall's gonna do? He's a wild card. Nope, that's cat. You know, you're building a character. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's only room I, for one of us. getting like too like deep and personal about it. You can have an idea of where you want to end up and do things that you legitimately think are going to get you there <laughs> or not pay attention to things that you don't know are actually factually not going to get you there and wind up in a like a fourth or fifth place that you never saw coming. Yeah. Like, I'm... Having an idea of the track that you want to take versus what's actually put in front of you and the choices that you make are very different things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I think you play Randall beautifully, David. Like, I think that you 
you've constructed a very amazing and and well loved character. I'm so sorry to, to walk on you, Diana, but like I don't want it to be like I don't want to feel like it's criticizing. I feel like you do a great job, and I don't want you to downplay what what you do and what you bring to the character. I think it's that you both approach characters very differently, and that's what what's made you bring two very different diverse characters to life so well what were you saying diana oh i was just saying that i had one path i thought my character might go and then you know we started asking character questions in that first session it's like oh well this is completely different than what i had in my mind yeah it's all y'all's fault that's which is great it's great um if if you hadn't picked slacker we wouldn't be enemies (laughs) i I don't i don't know if i believe you True story. Nope. It, I, I, I picked a negative uh, role because I figured Mary wouldn't like the slacker. Okay. Interesting. That is... And, it, and it, it turned into like my favorite relationship on the show, actually. That's why it's so rewarding when you guys hold hands. <laughs> I'm really interested. Mary, Mary Sue doesn't remember that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, but Gary Yeah, does. I'm really interested to see how those of us who have forgotten how that plays out. Because like, in the moment that like Kat killed Ellis... I was like, okay, well, Kat's had absolutely no character growth this entire arc because she is who she is. But I'm like, okay, this is going to affect her in some way. And then she immediately forgot. So guess there's not going to be any character growth for Kat <laughs> this time. <laughs> like I, I had mean, started, like it, in that moment, it... I started thinking, I'm like, how is this going to affect her in the future? Like I was starting to think a, a lot about how this girl who has never really had any reactions to anything nothing bad has ever really like the worst thing that's ever happened to her is this girl she met one time disappeared but she never really like thought about that afterwards and like her aunt died but that was years after she had moved away and it didn't impact her the way it would have if it had happened while she was still living in texas and so like nothing really bad has ever happened to cat so killing a man was going to be her thing but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, could it be that you know everyone who forgot still has whatever sense of empowerment that they collected, but they don't understand where it came from Ooh, or how? I kind of like that. I like that. I'm definitely so like, into that idea. Yeah. So yeah. it's like all of a sudden, like I'm a badass, but you just don't know where what caused that to happen overnight for you. I think Cap. It would mean I could not... get. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're going to give a a much better answer than I'm going to give. Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say that I think Kat not knowing, Kat kind of doesn't let herself explore feelings. Mm -hmm. If she, especially if she's not entirely sure where they're coming from or what Mm -hmm. is causing them. So I think that if there is any latent empowerment happening, she's just going to tamp that down and pretend it doesn't exist. Until it's time to whip that out again. Oh, yeah. And then she'll totally well, kill another guy with her hockey stick. But <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be so... this major intensity on the hockey field. And just be like, where did that well come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, James? Oh, I was just, I'm really excited. If that's, if that's how we want to, if that's how, I don't know what decision, if that's, a viable option, then that does mean that Mary can get the cool haircut I was going to give her. So <laughs> I'm sort of, so I'm not sure. I'm sort of really conflicted about whether, how far I want to push that. I mean, I think you 
push that however far you want. If no, you, I know. If you want to do I'm it, just... then, I mean, go for it. I love the idea that, like, everything is still there. All the changes that, that happened is, you know, they're all still there. It's just you don't remember why. I think that's that makes a very interesting... Mary gets a very, very bold haircut, and then when everybody asks her about it, she's like, I don't know. And it's the first time in her whole life that she doesn't have a good explanation for anything. You're welcome. I was, uh, yeah, she was gonna, yeah, (laughs) she was gonna um, have this, like, really short, like, really short militant haircut um, and start, like, wearing army jackets and stuff. And and then I was like, and then I was like, um, she's gonna still be like really bold and like class presidenty and stuff. And then I realized I was describing her name is 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 leaving me. She's the she's like really outspoken and she's in the news all Emma the time. Emma Gonzalez. Yes, yes. Emma Gonzalez. I was like, "Oh, I'm describing Emma Gonzalez." <laughs> so, I love I don't know. it. I mean, I don't think Mary's going to shave her head because it's the 60s, but like um if she goes with the the I've learned, you know, I've I've changed feelings, but I don't remember why. Uh, I think that I might be, I might try and ch- channel a little Emma Gonzalez because she's awesome. She, indeed, she is. So I I'm not that. sure. Well, I think I think that's all I have for kids on bikes on kids on bikes. Anyone else have anything before we get to our Patreon questions? Who's your um? Who's your favorite uh, NPC to play? I really wish that you had asked who's your favorite player character and just totally put him on blast. <laughs> oh, no, I That's very, next. very, very easily have a favorite player character. Um, and it's but I'll not never Kat tell you who Kat it is. is a pain in the ass. Oh. <laughs> it changes no, every five minutes. Like, all of you are pains in the ass in your own way, and I fucking love it. Aww. Like, you guys, uh, that's one of my favorite things about this group is you are all, like, you're all such a diverse group of characters in terms of your approach to things. And like it's, you all bring your own like amazing things for it, like in good ways and in aggravating ways from a DM perspective. Uh, But like, I love that you have, you all have characters who have these amazing traits, but their own foibles as well. And Oh, I just love all of your characters so much. You guys do such a great job. Go ahead and go down the line and and uh, tell us each what you like about our characters. Okay. Um, Is it my butt? So, Kate, it's your butt. Uh, Thank you. Aaron, it's your butt. James, it's your butt. <laughs> Diana, it's your butt. David, it's dad Oh, dude. man, I thought it was going to be my boobs. <laughs> uh, I'm offended. Well... So Are you talking about our characters or us? I just want Both. to be completely cl- okay. <laughs> no, a lot of those characters are. In fact, all of those characters are underage. That's very creepy. Yeah, no, that'd be yep. nice. that'd be not. <laughs> that's why that I was asking. On to- players, just just control players. Control Z. Um, I did only until April. I wink. To retcon, um, <laughs> in episode two when they go to the news office. Mm-hmm. That was before I had really locked in that Garrett's dad was the editor of the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the woman at the desk absolutely knew him, was probably very used to telling him he couldn't just wander in and him just wandering in anyway. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) You can't Um, just wander in. 
but that just that does actually make more sense as to like on top of the fact that he's a conspiracy kid he's also like hanging out around mitch's desk all the goddamn time oh mitch uh to answer the question about who my favorite NPC to play is, 100% it's Officer Ross. Yeah, of <laughs> I'm here with the obvious questions. Um, I, someone has to cover them. Yep, no problem. It's no problem. It's just, it's it's a lot of, like, I, I mean, I really only played him that one time, but it was so much fun. Yeah, do we get to see more of him? Like, just his basement. I wasn't even asking about the basement. I just, I enjoy Officer Ross as an NPC. Cause, and part of it is because I can tell how much fun you have playing him and <laughs> yeah. discussing him. Messing with us. It is yeah. And so I would like for more of him to happen. I definitely teased some stuff with him for the fun of it because I would love to have him more involved. But like, I also wanted to make sure other uh, officers got, you know, peppered in throughout right. the story some facetime uh, um officer face officer face oh. he's the oh, nice R. one i have Nothing's literally happened no opinion to him on yet him. i keep forgetting he exists the minute you stop talking about him i thought like we only met him for like 10 seconds like did i forget something i had a whole phone call he's the one who came and apologized no he that, was no, 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 that, that was square face square apologized Officer Face was the one at the intake okay. desk. Yeah. Yeah. And he also and delivered was... the news about my mom. Yep. Okay, so we only have the uh, three officers. It's Officer Ross, Officer Guerra, and Officer Face, right? And Officer right. Samson. Officer Samson was the other officer who came to, to tell Mary the bad news. Okay, but we like and to then, assume he's retired now or something. Yeah, no. And then Officer Boyle okay. who let Randall go. Right, Officer Boyle. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't that Officer Face? I though? have to I think that was Officer Faith. It was Faith. I feel like um, the me- the encounter with Officer Ross was really, really important for this show. Uh, if only... Wow. What I'm about to say makes that sentence sound really narcissistic, so strap in. Because <laughs> I think that um, I didn't really know how to play Mary until she encountered Officer Ross, and then I was like, oh, okay. I got it. Like, she talking to officer ross and being i was shocked shocked (laughs) how mean he was to her um and so it was really interesting to to realize some stuff about her in how she dealt with him so that was really cool yeah i think there's uh, a lot to be said for like that initial interaction to see how everybody in, like how everybody handled like a, ba- would, a bad situation right yeah no i would absolutely agree with that because until i had that interaction the only other person i really interacted with so far had been mary and i had established myself as being like squeaky and nonverbal. uh yeah but prior to that what i had been setting up was like a very intelligent fast-talking nerd so <laughs> it was nice to be able to apply that uh, to any character besides Mary. <laughs> I I think for me, where Garrett really got solidified was in the Mitch was in the first Mitch scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yes. that was really cool. Um, I was like, oh, it was. I mean, it's so cool to see you like a whole different like mask on you uh, with 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 Mitch. That was mm-hmm. really awesome. Did did uh 
Aaron or Diana or David, did you feel like you had any scenes where you suddenly suddenly something clicked into place where you were like, oh, okay, this is how this is how this character is? It happened with Officer Ross for Randall. Mm-hmm. It did right away. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason that I leaned in to the grit rolls, the, the biggest thing for me was it became a thing of mechanics more than anything as I started to play the game. I I wanted to um, to somehow I, I I knew that the decisions I wanted to make I didn't early on because I I haven't role played and I didn't want to sabotage myself I wanted to try to make roles that made sense with the highest percentage chance of success and so that le- leaning into that grit aspect really began to solidify the Randall character. I don't think I had plans for him to be nearly as intense as he wound up being. But after that first but after that first scene and what went on, it then became so much more of a natural fit. And then as the as more and more of the story came along, it just started to to feel very sense memory to me in that way. I think Diana? that's fair. What about yeah, what about uh, Meg? When I had to talk to Mr. Lawrence on the phone. Was when I kind of figured out, okay, Meg is completely different people depending on who she's around. Like, she's still the same pain in the ass, but she puts on a different role. uh, Just because, you know, yeah, she's Margaret. She's like, I love that. uh, You know, it's going to be different with her mom. It's going to be different with the grownups. It's different with Mary Sue. It's going to be different with Kat. Um, Yeah, she's, she's very conflicted. I like it. Yeah, I think that's real great. I love it. Yeah, cat. I've had a few with cat. The so I had gone into our character creation episode with a pretty firm idea of who cat was, and then as we discussed earlier, the character creation episode kind of upset that apple cart, which is fine because the cat I was going to play was not as good as the cat that I've ended up having. It's really <laughs> freeing. I tend to create characters who are the type of person who should be a leader. But then I find myself in these situations where I, as the player, am like, I don't cousin know what to do here. And then somebody (laughs) else has to step in and I've not played my character properly. So it's very freeing to be unobservant and just kind of hanging out, doing my thing, not making decisions unless I absolutely need to. Um, But the moment when... When Officer Ross asked what Walter was wearing and Kat was like, I don't know, clothes. That's because Aaron didn't want to make a decision about what another character was wearing. And that was when I realized, oh, I can just lean into this hard and it'll be great. (laughs) So good. But in the in the holiday special, actually, there was that moment where we're back in Randall's memory. And he turned to me and he's like, Kat, do you see my mom? And I had this moment where what I wanted to say was, yeah, and she looks really pretty. But what I did say was, why is it snowing in Texas? Because Kat, that was the moment that I realized Kat tamps shit down. She does not let herself feel feelings because she doesn't know how to deal with them. And so, like, I made a conscious decision to not say the the thing that, you know, would have been a nice, sweet, heartwarming moment between cousins and instead, mm-hmm. just let Cat be an idiot again. 
Cat, there's more to Cat than I think uh, even Cat is quite conscious of. <laughs> I, I love the Christmas special because I was completely caught off guard by all of it. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I had, like, prepped a bunch of stuff. It's like, okay, I'm going to have this type of answer. I'm going to do this. And I really thought when you started having us do our fa- our best Christmas memories, I was like, oh, I'll just use the the my best moment memories that we came up with for Dan previously. And then I was like, fuck it. No, this needs to be something with, with Mary Sue. And that, that was so much fun to do. I loved the Christmas special and all the best Christmases that y'all came up with. Yeah. And uh, the the best moments, like your your shining moments that, uh, I guess to, to pull the curtain back, uh, a while back, I asked everybody for their darkest moments and their <laughs> brightest moments. And we all answered like sheep, and it didn't even occur to us that you were going to use them against us. <laughs> then, oh, I knew it was going to be Oh, I knew that was going to come I, into play. I knew eventually. Oh, it was yeah. just I me. Re- okay, sorry. <laughs> I seem to recall my answer being, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, so Aaron's was like, I don't think Kat thinks about her situations enough to have a darkest moment. Like, she's very enough that, like, I don't yeah. know. Dan was uh, like, I can work with that. Yep. So I was like, great. I'm going to take a happy moment and Ruin make it. it bad. Take a happy moment and okay. have witches eat it. Yep. I'm glad I'm glad to know that I'm the only one who had no idea. <laughs> that was really early on, too, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that was, was a while ago. That was a long time ago. And it, it, it was the day we did our first Ask Us Anything on Twitter, yeah. and Dan was like, I have questions for you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I, I knew it was going to come around for me, and the only reason was because it it dealt with my mom, so I knew it was super central to my character. Yeah. And so because of that, I that was one of the things, I, I, I you know, I immediately went, oh, I need to play this scene out to see that resolution for Randall. Mm-hmm. So I knew and was hoping that it would actually be part of the show so that I could actually play that scene out. Yeah, see, I knew I knew Mary Sue's was going to be her mom dying, and I, I decided that was going to be important for Meg, too. Aww. Yeah. Garrett's the only one whose fa- family doesn't play in at all. <laughs> I mean, your parents <laughs> were there. Yeah, no, no, they were there in my memory. It's just that my parents, as far as the rest of the show, are like a side note at best. Yeah. I mean, the only reason Kat's uh, parents have factored in at all is because her mom took away all of the witch books and then hosted a really <laughs> shitty dinner party. That's like a super, super small note in the arc of the story. Yeah. Yeah, Kat's um, parents so- are barely on my radar. I think they're barely on Cat's radar, too, but let's be honest, most things are barely on Cat's radar. I was talking to my wife about uh, Mary's pajamas. Um, it's a very weird sentence. And she, and she well, it was funny because she was like, wait, you're playing a teenage girl in the 60s? I was like, yep. So anyways, we, and she's like. <laughs> you have a lot of conversations that are like that don't you yeah um so she was like why didn't you just do like an ankle length nightgown and i was like shit oh well yeah and no 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 that was it no no i was telling her about the pjs the ankle length nightgown was a uh, separate thought 
But I was like, so they had strawberries on them. I was telling her about it. She's like, why didn't they have like holly on them or anything Christmassy? And I was like, damn it. Because that would have been great. <laughs> the picture you found it had was, strawberries. No, yeah, it is exactly right. And I, I didn't, and I was not, I was so, I was, I felt so out of my depth to. So here's be- what I think what ha- happened. I think every year prior to that, Mary Sue's mom made sure she had holiday appropriate sleepwear. Yeah. But that year, all she had was what she had gotten in September when the weather started turning, and that was strawberries, and she was just going to stick with it. Well, her mom's been dead for three years, but I like okay, that. Okay, so for the three years prior... <laughs> I had the thought when you were like, and they have strawberries on them, and I was like, so Meg has holly on hers, Kat and Randall mm-hmm. have candy canes, and Garrett's got, like, red plaid, but Mary's just going to lean into summer strawberries. Okay. <laughs> Strawberry fields forever, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, hey, Garrett. Um, how has it been to play uh, an opposite or a different gender than you identify as? Honestly, I played it very much like I think I probably was at that age, anyway. So I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that like until a child hits puberty and like. The gender roles are more reinforced by whatever hormones are happening that, like, for the most part, kids are kind of interchangeable. Mm. Agreed. Interesting. I think think prior to that, whatever they identify as is very much a construct of what their family has introduced them to. Mm -hmm. So, like... Little kids wear blue because people go fucking nuts when they hear you're having a boy and they buy you blue everything. And like to a zero to 11 year old, they don't know any different. Right. So, yeah. you know, a 15 year old who still has like a very squeaky changing voice is probably not all that horribly different to... Uh, early teenage girl. Mm. Interesting. Cool. What about you, James? Oh, thanks for asking. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been weird because um, I think actually um, that's a, that was a very interesting answer, Kate. Because I feel like I've sort of played married the way that. No. No, you um, haven't. No, that's a, that's a lie. Nope. That's a lie. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I identify way more with Mary than I thought that I was going to when I, because her name was a joke because she wasn't a Mary Sue in almost any regard. And then I started being like, oh no, she is exactly who, like, like everything about all, all her, all her problems and all her, everything wrong with her and everything maybe right with her except for academic prowess and and school leadership um are things that i i think about with myself so it, it's been very interesting to to play but i feel like there have been times when i've been like am i taking this from a cis male 2000s you know or you know millennial perspective where i would maybe be better off taking it from like instead of a cis female baby boomer perspective 
Like it was going to stomp Ellis's head uh, at the dinner party. And then I was like, that's not something, that's not a thing. Like that's not what Mary would do in that situation. So I didn't. Instead you <laughs> Right. At my suggestion. Yeah, exactly. So I like, will say I did have a very in-depth conversation with my brother about like one of his issues with like period set dramas is that the main characters are force fed very modern ideals that like aren't <clears throat> actually like appropriate and congruous to the time that they are set. Right. Um, and to that end, I, I don't know. I don't know if I didn't lean into like teenage boy in 1965 far enough to figure out where the line between what my modern like cis presenting queer lady thoughts are or if it was just like fluid enough to go with it yeah yeah i mean like i made a conscious decision i made a conscious decision to have the white girl from massachusetts not super listen to a lot of black music musicians um because i didn't feel like she would have um, based on like the region and the time period. Um, Cause there was a lot of awesome music coming out in 1965 that wasn't like British invasion stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But she, she, she didn't explore that. She, she sort of, that wasn't on her radar at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd like to, I'd love for something like I, the, actually the, the Sydney Poitier movie she saw on Christmas Eve. I was like, this is an interesting experience for her to have and i kind of was i'm kind of interested to see if maybe she starts exploring more diverse musicians in the future and i don't know like that's a that's a sort of weird deep because we didn't get into like massachusetts and like how they deal with people of color in the 60s at all Mm -hmm. um which was probably a good thing to have skirted i think um, cause it's not necessarily germane to our show. Um, yeah. but it was, it felt like a, a, a thing that I needed to consider with her character because there was so much amazing music in the sixties. Um, I needed to sort of figure out what she was into and not just like Forrest Gump it. Like she was just, li- she happened to be listening to everything that in 2018 we revere. So I don't know. That was, that was a, a weird character uh, thought process that I had to have. I don't think that was a weird thought process at yeah. all. I think that was a conscientious <clears throat> choice, and I applaud you for being aware of it. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I think when doing a, a period piece, it's always very tricky uh, because there's something problematic in any era, even if you're doing one that's more current. Like, there's always going to be something that is more accurate to the time like that's true to the times for what was going on uh that is shitty uh and so it's like there's a fine line to walk of like yes this is how things were back then uh to stay historically accurate and also like just because it's how things were doesn't mean that it's like good good uh 
for reference, look into any number yeah. of subverted, subverted tropes episodes Indeed. on <laughs> historical movies. The idea of, of this being set in sort of the good old days yeah. is inherently problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sort of a make America uh, great again. Those, sort of words? Word. those were just some words that I picked. Those are just random words. Dirty. Do they have other? <laughs> they are. Uh, they are. <laughs> Good. But the yeah, entire that's, that's, that's the entire arc that we've played out has gone completely against all those stereotypes. I mean, just because mm-hmm. it, it, these "quote unquote" good old days were populated with a horrible nightmare of a witch cult, <laughs> like, and I don't know. Right. It, mm-hmm. So there's something interesting because I. Some of it is just not having the time to be able to to put a lot of research into Randall. Mm-hmm. But I think it. But after a while, mm. it's played out well for me because Randall is the outsider to this group, and so the way I've envisioned Randall is Randall was on an Air Force base with a bunch of other kids in Texas. And was just doing his own thing outside of whatever purview there was. Like, he was agnostic in almost every way to anything but what he was doing. So when he comes into this situation, it's it's been weird that I... It started out with just not having a, a huge amount of fleshed backstory. But over time, it's become, okay, well, he's a blank slate that we get to project all of this onto. And how is he going to react to that? I can't say enough how, like, you know, you could say, oh, well, it automatically panned out that way because you all picked different tropes. But even if we had all picked the same tropes and just played them differently, the dynamic of this group just, I I adore it. it. It's fascinating to listen to. It's so engaging. And I just... Guys, I love you. It would be really fun for one set to do this, have us all do the same trope. <gasps> Ooh. Yes, I would like, like to do but one shot. But uh, this, we're like we're Add all it to scouts. The list of one we're shots that we scouts. want to do. <laughs> we need oh, to do. God. Randall uh, leading the scouts is going to be. No, we're all the popular girls from Mean Girls. <laughs> Dibs on Karen. We're all loners. <laughs> no, you oh, can't totally play the same character. I missed what you said, I mean, Kate. Kate never, your I, mic I, cut I, out. I've never that. seen Mean Girls, so. I, I just said Aaron can't play the same character. Oh, damn you it. I guess what? dibs on Regina George then? I don't, I don't know. Do it. Oh, can I be Janice? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I am. No, can I be Damien? You're playing the same character. Yeah, I know if I'm my not brand. allowed to play Karen, you're not allowed to be Janice. Okay. Okay, you be Janice, I'll be Karen. Oh, <laughs> I would be the worst Janice ever. I want to be Mrs. George. <laughs> James, you're not allowed to play yourself. Amazing. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely want to do like uh, the dads on mowers. Uh, please, oh God, scenario yes, dads on from the from the deluxe edition of the book that I have uh, as a as a one shot right. thing it's as well. So that good. would be so much fun. Can you just can you just record yourself reading the details of the module and release it to Patreon because it's real yes. good. 
Yay! I forgot that I had another question. This is what happens from not writing things down. I'm so sorry. Did do you know what our watches do and what our what our cards do and 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 what our gifts from the holiday yep. special do? That's a yes. <laughs> okay. They cool. tell time, James. They're watches. Right. The watches tell time. Oh. They glow in the and dark. The cards Wait, make your bike look they cool do when what? you put them in the spokes. The... I really like that no, I got I know, the five the... of diamonds. That made me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, so fucking happy. The cards are definitely special. <gasps> cool. I know that Ooh, one was specifically I'm picked for. I was so excited because I told them all to pick, just to, like, come up with a gift for everybody. And I love what they came up with. Yeah, same. I think it was awesome. super great. So great. But yeah, so we talked about the different... Oh, sorry, I'm uh, sorry. Good. We talked about the different shows that uh, everybody does. So I guess to, to close out, I would love to give everyone an opportunity to talk about social media and uh, where everybody can be found. So uh, I am Daniel. Uh, I can be found at Dantendo64 on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me, uh, if you look up section328.com, you can find me writing beer reviews uh, and tailgating strategies and assorted things for uh, Carolina Hurricanes fan site. Uh, and that is lots of fun. And that is pretty much, yeah, you can also find me on Instagram at Dantendo64. Um, and you can find uh, our uh, old podcast, Subverted Tropes, uh, at Subverted Tropes or Subverted Tropes cast uh, on the Twitters and the internets. So, uh, that is a thing that you should do. Kate. In addition to finding the uh, hiatusing Subverted Tropes podcast, you can find me at Argon Kitten, A R G O N, like the noble gas element, kitten, like the small little fuzzy thing that you cuddle. And I don't, you know, maybe I'll get my stuff together and have another podcast someday and I'll probably start promoting it there. So that's a good place to start. All right, Aaron. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at unabashedly Aaron. Uh, you can find James. Do you mind if I do the UFO? You can find unabashedly obsessed right. at UFO podcast. You decide what the F stands for. I'm not going to make James decide what the F stands for tonight. I usually do. Fudge. Floor underneath the ground floor. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I guess I, I, I was not nice. going to make James do that, and I think that was the right decision. Um, United to our <laughs> obligation. And you can find uh, <laughs> FMK All Day at FMK All Day Pod. Beautiful. James? You can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James. Um, you can follow uh, Blink and You'll Miss It at Blink226Racer. That's Blink182 plus 44 Racer, like Boxcar Racer. Um, I also, uh, you know, you can follow Kids on Bikes at Kids underscore Bikes. I do that there. Um, I also tweet under other things uh, that I'm not going to tell you because some of them are secret and some of them are old. If you uh, if you want to, if you're interested in the countdown show I do, uh, I do retweet um, when my old Twitter account, which is at James80D. That I don't really tweet from it anymore, but the blog populates there, so I'll retweet countdown episodes on my new on on Abashed James. So just watch that. Uh, my blog is appetiteforDistraction.blogspot.com. Trackmeet is at TrackmeetCast on Twitter, and those episodes should start coming out, I think, with the new year. Yep. Um, yeah. I think that's it <laughs> for my Perfect. everything. All right, Hannah's. You can find me 
at Big Macinpod, M-A-C-I-N-P-O-D. Uh, and then you can find Diana. Uh, I'm at Modcaster, M-A-U-D-C-A-S-T-E-R. And you can always find us at Macintosh Mod, M-A-C-I-N-T-O-S-H-M-A-U-D. And you can also look us up at MacintoshandMod.com. All three of our shows are up there with download links. You can also search Macintosh and Mod through iTunes, All Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher's weird, but the rest of them work just fine. But any podcatcher of your choice, you can find all of our shows there. Hey, does anyone want to start a POD podcast called Podcast? Sure. No. Yes. yes. With me? Cool. Great. No. Right, great. Thanks. Absolutely not. You have you have at least three partners here. Nice. I banish them from track meet. Done. Okay. Good. Cool. All right. Well, terrible. that's going to be it for kids on bikes it on does... kids on bikes. And maybe even that's going to be it for kids on bikes. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, we have uh, to find out what's me. in the basement. We do that to our listeners. Our next episode is going to be the uh, outtakes from uh, season one uh, or season one from <laughs> arc one. Get ready. Uh, it's going to be oh, fun. Man. It's about uh 35 minutes of some good, good goofs. And then we will be back to we'll get going with arc two uh on february 15th nice it'll be our valentine's gift to you listeners indeed because we love Uh, you but not enough to get it out on valentine's day exactly yeah all right discount candy candy. all right well thanks so much for listening everybody and we'll talk to you later Bye. bye bye Kids on Bikes stars James Anderson, David Hanna, Diana Hanna, Kate Harlow, Aaron King, and Daniel Spencer. Follow Renegade Studios at Play Renegade on Twitter for more information about the game. Check us out at kidsonbikescast.com and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash kidsonbikescast to see how to get access to secret bike-locked episodes and first dibs on our merchandise. Thank you for listening to Kids on Bikes.